It's great to see you. I don't, I'm just really thankful you're here. I'm not sure why you're here or how you ended up here or if someone drug you here or whatever. I'm just really, really thankful that you are here today. Uh, there are a lot of places that you could be right now. But I believe that our good shepherd has led you here. However you got here, I believe our good shepherd has led you here today. This morning, I want uh, you to consider four questions. Uh, you won't, no trick questions. Uh, you won't have to share your answers with anyone. I just want to ask you to consider four questions. So here they are. Uh, first one, what does heaven believe about Good Friday? Second question, what does heaven believe about the resurrection? Third question, what does heaven believe about you? And then uh, what do you believe? I want to ask those four questions this morning and just want to invite you to think a little bit about it. Over the last few weeks, here on Sundays as a church, we've been considering what we believe. And on most Sundays, over the last few weeks, we've been encouraged to first consider what heaven believes. What does heaven believe? What does heaven believe about us? What does heaven believe about the world? And then we form our beliefs based on what heaven believes. I want us to do that today. So first question, you remember the first question? Uh, what does heaven believe about Good Friday? Uh, all of heaven witnessed... Jesus on the cross. All of heaven witnessed this nearly lifeless, stripped of the animating communion of the Father, Jesus. All of heaven witnessed Jesus. All of heaven heard Jesus from the cross with a voice of raw abandonment cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A few moments later, all of heaven echoed with the words, of the raw pain of abandonment. And then Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Heaven believes that on Good Friday, Jesus finished it. Heaven believes that on Good Friday, Jesus conquered sin and death. Heaven believes that Good Friday is the end. It is the death of death. It is finished. Heaven believes it is finished. Finished, totally finished, fully finished accomplished to the uttermost, finished. The punishment of sin was finished. On the cross, Jesus made atonement for the sin of the entire world. His whole life pointed to this one moment on Good Friday, the moment of atonement. In that moment, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus instead of you and me. His body fully broken, his blood fully shed. The words of John the Baptist echoed in heaven. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, around the church and around the South, we're pretty comfortable talking about the cross. We talk about the cross. We understand the cross. Some of you wear a cross around your neck. You have crosses in your house. I know we talk about the cross a lot, but I got to tell you what happened on the cross is the single most important event in redemptive history. What God did on the cross is to treat Jesus Christ as if he had committed every single sin that had ever been committed. The full wrath of God was placed on his son instead of on you and on me. God the Father is treating his son as if he had lived your life. So that, 
so that he is now able to treat you as if you had lived Jesus's perfect life. All of heaven believes that on Good Friday, it is finished. The work of reconciling your relationship to God is finished. What Jesus accomplished on the cross completely justifies you, completely redeems you. His sacrifice makes you fully and wholly righteous in his sight. On the cross, Jesus declared victory on your behalf, atoning all of your sins and mine, past, future, and present sins. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, God is completely and utterly pleased with you right now, just as you are, right where you are. It is finished. That's what heaven believes about Good Friday. One passage of scripture from Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 26 underscores. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies all of those who have faith in Christ Jesus. Second question, what does heaven believe about the resurrection? What does heaven believe about the resurrection? Good Friday actually introduces us uh, to what heaven believes about the resurrection. If you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, I want to read a passage of scripture from Matthew's gospel, Matthew 27, verse 45 through 46. There's this really sneaky verse in the middle of this passage. I want you to listen for it. There's a really kind of sneaky, maybe even slightly creepy verse in the middle of this passage that I want you to listen for as we read through this passage together. Good Friday points to the resurrection. I want you to hear how Matthew's gospel describes it. Matthew 27, verses 45 through, 40, uh, through 56. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar. He put it on a staff and he offered it to Jesus to drink. And the rest of the people said, now leave him alone, leave him alone. Let's see, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks split and the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life and they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. 
When the centurion and those who were with him regarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and they exclaimed, surely this was the son of God. And many women were there watching from a distance. They'd follow Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. And among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee. There's a whole lot going on in this passage of scripture. Most of you are familiar with this, I would imagine. Did you hear the little verse, the kind of sneaky one, the slightly creepy verse? Did you hear that in there? Uh, the sort of walking dead verse TV. Anybody see, anybody, anybody watch the walking dead? I've never seen the show, but I understand. It's like, you know, dead people walking. Did you hear that in here? Did you hear it? Did you ever, have you ever heard? Let me just ask you, have you ever heard an Easter sermon that includes this? I've never preached one. This is so crazy. Let me just remind you of these verses really quick. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life, and they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went to the holy city, and he appeared to many people. I grew up in the church, and at Easter time, most churches have like a Christmas, I mean, Christmas pageant. That's dumb. Our church had a Christmas pageant and you're listening to me now. Anyway, on Easter, on Easter, we always had these Easter pageants and you had to sign up for parts and stuff like that. And my mom would always sign my brother and up for these parts. How come I didn't get this part? My brother and I could be like the walking dead guys coming out of the tomb. This is so nuts. What happened here? Because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Heaven doesn't see the crucifixion and the resurrection as two separate events. Heaven believes Good Friday and the resurrection are inextricably linked. On Good Friday, as Christ dies, the dead are raised to life. This crazy scene, it's a crazy scene between Jesus' death on Good Friday and his resurrection on Sunday shows the power of Good Friday and the resurrection. His death breaks our tombs open, bringing us out from death's curse. And his new life makes possible our new life. This is just another couple of verses from Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1, 4, and 5. As for you, you were dead. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. The crazy part of this whole story is a foreshadowing of resurrection. Immediately after Christ breathes his last breath, it connects, it connects, it connects to victory over seemingly defeat. These raised saints entered into earthly Jerusalem where the temple veil had just been torn. The way into God's full presence is now open for everyone and anyone. But you gotta listen, this is just a foretaste. What they experienced was only a foretaste because total craziness is gonna happen one day in our heavenly Jerusalem when God's true temple will be opened and unveiled and all the resurrected saints will dwell with the resurrected Jesus and the triune God forever. Listen to this. This is Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. And I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful 
and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. And he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. And he is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. And the armies of heaven are following him. And they're riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has written the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Question three. What does heaven believe about you? Heaven believes that you're worth it. Heaven believes that you are totally worth it. Heaven believes that you are worth all of this. Heaven believes that you are worth all of the suffering, that you're worth all of the pain. Heaven believes that you are worth all of the wrath that Jesus took on your behalf. I don't know if you guys are getting this. And so let's just make sure you're getting this. Tell the person sitting next to you, all of heaven believes you are worth it. Go ahead. Just the person sitting next to you. I don't know. It doesn't seem very enthusiastic to me. Like you're trying to convince yourself. I'm not asking you to tell them what you believe. I'm asking them to tell them what heaven believes. All of heaven believes that you are worth it. That you are totally, totally worth it. All of heaven believes that you are worth it just as you are, right where you are. Romans chapter five, verse eight, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we got it all together, not when we had the whole Bible memorized, not when we tithed, not when we did all these great things. While we were yet sinners, Christ demonstrates his love for us by dying for us. Why? Why would he do that? Why would he go through all of this? So that you would know the riches of his mercy. So that you would know his kindness. So that you would know his gentleness, his tenderness. So that you might know his love and that you might live in his love and that you might rest in his love. So that you might know how to live on earth as it is in heaven right now, right here. So that you might know, as Paul says, so that you might know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. That's why. That's why. All right, last question. What do you believe? What do you believe? Well, for those that don't believe, uh, this world is about as good as it gets, and it's only going downhill from here. So, all the way down. So, what do you believe? I've, I've been asking some folks this question over the last little, you know, last few weeks or so. Well, what do you believe? And the one response that I get over and over and over again is this. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I'm thinking, everyone knows what you believe about everything else. hundred percent. So I'm just going to push you. I don't know. No, you do know. You do know what you believe. 
So I'm just going to ask you, what, what do you believe? Well, this is what heaven declares for all those who do believe. Another passage from Revelation. This is from Revelation chapter 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And God will dwell with them. And they will be his people and he will be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And those who are victorious will inherit all of this. And I will be their God. And, he will, and they will be my children. Easter is raw reality. Easter is not just this really cool holiday, although it is a cool holiday. It's so much more than that. It is raw reality. Easter stands in stark witness, not to the meaning of death, but to the meaning of what is to go on despite death, in the face of death, because of resurrection. To fully celebrate Easter means to stand in the light of an empty cross and an empty tomb and decide what are you going to believe. So what do you believe? What do you believe? I'll close here. I recently heard this story about this woman who shared how she spent living a great deal of her life apart from God. And over time, she just realized, man, this, this is not working. The way my life is going is, is not working. Over time, she realized her limitations of her own self-sufficiency and her pride. And she started to realize her coping mechanisms weren't working and friendship, all, it's just nothing was working. And she decided, well, maybe there's a God and maybe, you know, something. And so she spent a year studying. She spent a year pouring into God's word. She said, I can't commit to anything until, until I ask some questions. And finally, she came to a point where she believed that Jesus actually died for her sins and was raised from the dead. And she said, that one fact changes everything. And this gal decided that she wanted to confess her sin and receive forgiveness and start a new life. But she wanted this step. She wanted this commitment. She wanted it to be really clear. And so here's what she did. She went home and she stood in her kitchen and she looked across into the dining room. There's sort of the, uh, what do you call that thing? Threshold, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> this threshold between the kitchen and the dining room. And she said, I'm, when, I, when I step across this line, when I step across this line, when I enter in, I'm leaving it all behind. I'm leaving it all behind and I'm going to believe what Jesus believes about me. I'm leaving my old life behind. I'm leaving my old coping mechanisms. Be I'm leaving my failures behind. I'm leaving my fears behind. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it all behind and I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to trust what you believe about me. And then she walked across that line. 
And she said it was the biggest step that she's ever taken in her whole life. And when she has doubts and when she falls or when she fails, she says, no, no, I, I remember. I remember that line. I remember that day. I remember that step. I remember that he is with me with that step and with my next step and with my next step. I want you to consider what you believe. In fact, I want to invite you to take a step. Maybe even to cross that same line. I'll just, we're just going to make it up here. We'll just do it this way. I'm just going to put a line here and I'm just going to invite you to consider today just taking a step. We'll just put it here. It's not going to be straight though. Maybe today is the day that you cross the line of faith for the first time. Maybe you've never crossed this line of faith. Maybe you've been one of those people who have liked to use the excuse, I don't know what I believe. I want to invite you today to consider taking a step, maybe even the same step that this girl took. Or maybe... Maybe it's a step across this line that affirms that step that you took a long time ago. Maybe just today you're going to say, I'm going to affirm that step that I took when I was a teenager or when I was a little kid. Or maybe it's a step across the line where you say, I'm going to believe what God believes about me. And I'm going to start believing that today. Or maybe it's a step that says, in my home, as in heaven. Or maybe it's a step that says, in my marriage, as in heaven. Today, I'm going to take that step. Just as an act of faith, trusting, believing, what heaven believes about me, about us, will be accomplished so in just a moment, I'm going to pray and then Sunday and the worship team are going to continue to lead us in worship. And if you'd like to symbolically come and take a step, just want to invite you to come across, come across this line either way, either way, come across this line today. I also want to give you the opportunity to take a step to remember what Christ accomplished on your behalf and how it happened. I want to invite you to take a step towards communion. To remember that his body was fully broken so that you could be fully healed. To remember that his blood was poured out to the very last drop so that you could live in the abundant life and experience eternal life. I want to invite you to take a step. Whatever step it is that you need to take, I want to invite you to take a step today. What do you believe? What do you believe? Let's pray. Jesus, we believe, we believe, we believe. Would you increase our capacity to believe? Jesus, thank you for hearing our prayers. Jesus, we believe we believe, we believe. Would you help us in our unbelief? 
Jesus, thank you for hearing our prayers. Jesus, I don't believe, but I want to want to believe. Would you speak to my heart? Jesus, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for Good Friday, for Resurrection Sunday, for making a way for us to know you and be known by you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. It's in your name that we pray all of these things. Amen.